Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, guys, real quick, right off the top here, we are brought to you by Duramax Tuner, uh, who is homed uh, oh. yeah, sure, uh, at Calibrated Power. Chris and I have worked there forever. We, lo- we love working there. Uh, God, we're coming up on quite a few years now. Yeah, we're seasoned vets <laughs> here at this point in time. Uh, Chris, we just got through the Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale. That was just this past week. It went it went crazy. It went really well. Guys, thank you so much. So many podcast fans called in. Yep. They, they got their hands on some products that they've been waiting for. They took advantage of the deals. If you missed out on the deal, give us a call. Give Chris a call specifically. They can reach you at? Yeah, 815-568-7920, uh, extension 2121, or by email. So cmke at com, which is C-E-H-M-K-E. So... You know, feel free to reach out, guys. I'll, I'll do what I can to help. I've been getting a, an, a lot of responses recently, or uh, inquiries, if you will. Absolutely. Um, from listeners, some stuff um, I have no support for or no knowledge on, some stuff I do. So uh, feel free, you know, shoot me a message or an email. I will say, like, if you guys call in, say, hey, I listen to you on the podcast, like that, because otherwise you just start going and talking. I don't know what the hell's going on, and I deal with a lot of stuff in a day-to-day. So, please. Do you ever get halfway through a conversation, and then they reference something personal, like like your car yes. or something like that, and, and you're like, oh, yeah. uh... Well, it's like... I, I, like, thinking, well, about, did I say that? And it gets... Because I get standoffish at one point, because it's uh, like, they're they're going, and I'm trying to get a little information, because I want to know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> and then I'm getting irritated, and then they say something personal, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know? So, guys, like I said, I mean, I really appreciate it. You know, it's the listeners, it's what you guys do for us that allows us to do what we do for you so it goes both ways there absolutely Um, you know so if you guys have questions or whatever and you want to reach out that's fine uh the one thing i really don't check on is like my instagram messenger so i went on there today i had 12 uh um, messages that i didn't like they needed to be accepted right 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 whatever and like i felt bad i'm not trying to ignore anyone i promise it's just i i don't use facebook messenger so yeah Please email. Works fast. <laughs> uh, guys, another great way you can support the show is support our other two sponsors. Yeah. Uh, WC Fab, Jason Worley is somebody we've talked about for damn near every single show yeah. we've ever done for Diesel Performance Podcast. And that's because Jason and the team are involved on damn near every single project we work on here. I mean, let's cut out our projects. You know, you see WC Fab, turbo kits, traction bars, powder coating, miscellaneous, you know, Duramax accessories on a lot of builds that aren't just internal here, but right. nationwide. And I think the same is going to go for Exergy Performance. Absolutely correct. So, And another big shout out to Exergy specifically for helping out on today's episode. Now, you guys have already downloaded it. You know we are talking about how common rail diesel injection works. And we're, we're going to get into the injectors. We're going to get into kind of the general system. Uh, and one of the people who actually helped us out for this, one of our references, our resources for today, was fact-checking by Randy Harkema, um, CEO, owner of, of Exergy. Exergy Performance. Uh, so huge shout out to Randy. He really made this episode happen. Oh. And this is one, Chris, I'm excited for. I'm excited for it. And I think, you know, just you just for the guys that, you know, aren't behind the scenes, you shot Randy and I, right? Uh, yep. uh, 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 a carbon copy or whatever. You copied me in on it, CC'd me on it, um, an email at like 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> and Randy had everything broken down the next day in, yeah. in a very understanding, detailed uh, description within a day. Um, now, granted, we do business to business, things like that. So they're like, oh, you have a connection. No, it's not because 
Uh, it is, but at the same time, you know, end users and, and myself as a sales guy, like I can reach out to them and get an answer. Yeah. They've never left me stranded. So it just goes to show the proof of character on, on who they are and how they operate. And, you know, there's the, you know, they're, they are a brand, honestly. You put it on your truck, you know, it's going to work. You know that they're going to stand behind it. Absolutely Simple correct. Absolutely correct. Uh, hey, some of our other resources here. Chris, I found an amazing video that explains how diesel, common rail diesel injectors injectors work yeah. uh it's by engineer diesel it's on their youtube channel you guys have probably all already seen it because it has 1.25 million views wow. on it it is extremely simple extremely basic um kind of like cartoon graphic but like very diagram very easy to understand i've worked around diesel injection for almost 10 years now yeah. um chris we've been around it forever I'm telling you, we've talked about injectors, but injectors are like one of those, I feel like, kind of magical components where you're like, yeah, the CP3 sends fuel to the injectors, right. and then the computer controls the injectors, and it puts fuel in the engine. Right. And that's about as much as I ever really right. needed to know. Uh, what we're going to do today is break this down a little bit more, and if you're looking for that visual aspect and you just want a quick, extremely simple, extremely accurate way of describing it all jump on their youtube channel because engineer diesel put out just a phenomenal video with that cool. uh, we also used other places like doityourself.com uh we used uh how stuff works uh of course driving line magazine great great yep. place and then dieselhub.com which we've used in a couple of uh, prior episodes as uh you know resources are concerned so guys check that stuff out there's a lot of knowledge to be had in, in those websites that's right i don't think i've actually told you i think we're going to get one of the guys from dieselhub.com on the show oh that'd be really cool yeah so i think somebody talking from from one of our resources yeah. i i know i'm very interested to see that. Our happen. listeners here find out about this. I find out about it at the same time. So <laughs> this is how we plan. So let's dive into it, Paul. I mean, high pressure common rail injection. So just as a as a baseline, uh, I would say that the Duramax was the first mainstream, you know, light duty pickup yep. truck to have common rail injection, uh, which was in two thousand one. Um, Ford really didn't adopt it until two thousand eight. Um, in in Cummins or Dodge, for that matter, uh, adopted it in 2003. Yep, so, absolutely. Um, We're all on it now. Yeah, everyone's on it. It's kind of a way of life. So I'll hit the first bulletin, okay? Do it. Fuel is drawn from the tank either by the vacuum uh, of a high-pressure fuel pump on the engine or pushed by a low-pressure fuel pump in or near the tank. And we see a difference in this between the Duramax with the CP3 yeah. and the Cummins. Yeah, so right? you know, for, for an example, uh, from 2001 through 2016, if you bought a Duramax-powered truck, there was no lift pump in the tank. It was a gravity-fed system uh, that was reliant on the CP3 or CP4 to kind of vacuum and pull fuel to the pump, and then the yep. pump disperses it in high pressure. Where your O3 and newer Cummins, they have a pump in the tank, an electronic pump in the tank, um, that's uh, feeding the CP3 at a very low PSI, low fuel volume. Um, and then the Fords, you know, they, they've always had a lift pump in the tank from, you know, 2008 to, yeah. to current. So, Yeah, and, and I think this is interesting, too, because... We being being around Duramaxes so much, just you throw a lift pump on every Duramax, yep. and, and it's a no brainer. We use Fast, we use, other guys use Air Dog yep. and Fuel Lab, and all the other guys out there. Yep. Um, but we, we we always put down for all the benefits of a lift pump. But those are external lift pumps. Yep. It, it's always been kind of wild to me that that Duramax has had this kind of hole about like the CP3, well known throughout performance industry great part it's been very reliable modified by many different manufacturers of right. course we prefer the xrg um 
but but that intake lift pump from a Cummins guy, you guys still throw lift pumps on the truck? Yeah, I mean, then it, it becomes a power game, you know, where a Duramax fuel system falls off around mid fours, you know, when when we're talking the 01 to 2010, yeah, um, and then around 500 ish on a, an 11 to 16. And then, you know, the, the newer L5P platform is just a totally different animal all on its own because it actually has a lift pump in the tank. Right. Um, but the Dodge crowd, I mean, you could you could essentially get 550, close to 600 horsepower, utilizing the factory fuel system, you right. know, with air upgrades and tuning. Uh, but you're going to run through fuel filters more frequently. I mean, you're, you're taxing that fuel system and what its, you know, full capability is. So yeah. where the lift pump's really going to shine for, for any of those trucks, even with a lift pump, uh, in the tank already, and bypassing it's going to be the fuel filtration, the water separation, um, you know, and just having a better accessibility to changing those filters and things like that. And those are the added bonuses of an aftermarket yep. lift pump. A factory lift pump's only purpose is just to consistently provide fuel to the injection pump. And then you have that one fuel filter in the engine bay. You got it. Yep. Um, this really helps, or, or I'm sorry, um, the pressure of the fuel as it enters into your injection pump, so a CP3 in most cases, uh, is small and has little to no effect on the actual pressure leaving the nozzle. Right. So the only time we see a variation on this is I definitely have had guys tweak their their aftermarket lift pump with the springs inside and all of a sudden they're getting 20 psi or it's like from a ford and they're getting like 40 psi uh from the tank to the lift pump and the lift pump's not expecting to see that much coming in and we actually end up seeing a kind of a lope yep. a, a fuel pressure lope well what you have where there it's pushing through the regulator of the yep. cp3 or cp4 pump which is very common so yeah and i've seen in the past where lift pumps from the factory uh air dog fast whatever they might not necessarily necessarily be um, at that desired like 7 to 10 PSI. It might be a PSI higher or lower. Or simply the pump's regulator is, is tired. You know, yeah. 200,000 mile truck, you're dropping rail pressure, you say, hey, I'm going to throw a lift pump on there and fix it. No, you're band-aiding the situation <laughs> is all you're really doing. But uh, nonetheless, you know, we see those types of uh, scenarios take place. So for us, you know, where we work, it's just asking the proper question and trying to be as educated with the end user's issue as possible to help steer them in the right direction. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I'll jump into the next step here. Uh, fuel enters the high-pressure fuel pump, the CP3, CP4, HP4, whatever, yep. uh, and is pressurized, then dispersed into the common fuel rail. So we'll kind of you know break that down a little more. So yeah. you have a, a single pump that fuel enters and then exits. And the pump's purpose there is to turn that pressure into a high pressure. And then it goes through a rail. Like, it's legitimately, for any of our listeners that's never seen it, a common rail is essentially a rail. Yeah. And it either has six banks or eight banks. Right. And... It's one the, fuel line. It's one fuel line. It's one yep. It's one fuel rail. And that's the way you have to put it because it's not small like a line. It's bigger <laughs> than a line. It has all these fittings on there. Um, for the Cummins guys, you're going to have six ports. And for... Uh, 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 a Duramax or a Ford guy, you're going to have eight ports, of course, because the fuel lines. And then there's fuel lines that bolt onto that rail. Right. Okay. So when we talk about rail pressure, we're talking about the fuel pressure that the pump has turned into a high pressure. And then the pressure that is flowing through that rail, through the fuel lines into the injector itself. Which is equalized. So the yes. whole idea is that what we get is we get one constant pressure on all of the injectors. Yes. So that now as, just in simple terms, as we open the injectors, we're always pulling from the same supply yes. of high pressure. Yes. Right, so th this will make more sense as we get into how injectors themselves work. Um, I do think it's important here 
just to kind of break down, so the rail pressure itself is actually controlled by the the M-prop or a, um, an inlet metering valve. Sometimes more ref- referred as referred to as just a regulator. Yep, right? yep, or rail pressure control valve. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of names for yep. it, but there's always that one piece there that's electronically controlled that controls exactly, like we said, how much pressure is on that common rail, and that's a very important yep. thing to know. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, so just a... I'm, Got a little off there as you were talking, <laughs> um, but like you said, just to recap, the, the regulator is electronically controlled through um, a current, if yep. you will, and it just opens and closes, let fuel in, and then it disperses it into high pressure. That's it. You know? um, so then, yeah, each injector uh, is controlled by the ECM or PCM, depending on what platform you have, uh, to deliver fuel directly into the combustion of the cylinder. Yeah. So. Yeah. So direct injection for, for anybody who's ever been from the gas world, right? Like this was a huge deal. Common rail diesels, this is how they work. They've always worked on that direct yep. injection, that shared common ra- rail line. Well, even prior to that direct injection, just yeah. directly injecting fuel into the cylinder. Right. You know, it's not like a carburetor where it sprays into a bowl, air enters, yeah. and then it disperses through the all eight cylinders, and you pray to God that it's it's a healthy mix. <laughs> you know, this is getting the exact fuel into that exact cylinder. Absolutely. Which gives us higher control. And we're, we're going to talk about some of the benefits of this as yeah. we kind of go through it. Um, one of the big things you'll see as we go through this, what drives diesel performance are are really two things. And that's fuel, or I'm sorry, three things, fuel mileage, horsepower, EPA regulations. <laughs> These uh, days, it, it, yeah. yeah. It, well, well, forever. Yeah, because okay. one of the one of the it's advantages, yeah, was that back in the day there there were starting rules. That's why in like 03, as they started to introduce EGRs and things like this, you had to meet certain emissions requirements yeah. with your diesel. And that's when you went to high pressure because high pressure fuel, what they found was it atomizes better. Yep. And as fuel atomizes better, that means we get a more clean burn out of it. Yep. Forget the EPA. Forget forget yep. anything you feel about politics or, or climate change. If we're using the fuel more efficiently, we should be able to use less fuel to get the same horsepower. Yep. Now, the difference we've seen in miles per gallon on actual vehicles as time has gone on is they've also gotten heavier. Well, I, I think a that's lot a heavier. Big, you know, because we'll get kickback. We're going to get flack for this. Yeah. Well, my 9512 valve, listen, man, your, your fucking 9512 <laughs> valve weighs 6,000 pounds. Right. Okay? Um, there's not a lot of components there. And honestly, those trucks are more aerodynamic. And has a third of the torque, by the way. A third the of the torque. Well, uh, yes, yeah. but th- that, that doesn't help us in our argument here when we talk about fuel mileage. But the weight of the truck, the drag of the truck, you know, the aerodynamics of the vehicle, the weight, you know, these things all come into play when we talk about efficiency. Right. Now, we're talking about if you let's talk about tow capacity go take a 94 95 truck i don't care if it's ford durham uh, yeah whatever Duramax, uh, chevy uh, 65 liter or or cummins you're not you're not comfortably towing more than 8000 pounds with that thing in my opinion <laughs> not like i would with like a newer vehicle even right. in factory trim but that newer vehicle also weighs where those trucks weigh 65 well, to 7 the new trucks are 85 to 9 right you know they're 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 fucking heavy <laughs> we we weighed an l5p this year and 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 we were over nine thousand yeah. pounds. It, oh, yeah, I mean, did. I was we it was Joe insane. Yeah, yep, yep, I was, yep. like this is so, insane. You know, you have to consider all these different attributes. Plus, you know, uh, there's just there's there's more moving parts. There's just there's so much more to the engines these days than than prior. You know, back in the early nineties, right. mid nineties. That's so. right. So so to increase the horsepower, yep. to maintain a certain level of of mile per gallon, and then. You have to go and meet the emission standards, yeah. and and that's those three components really drive this industry more than anything well, else. Look at look at the size of drive shafts and U joints and you know transmission shafts. Well, like I know. said, just brakes. Yeah, just, just stop brakes alone. Yeah, just yep. just I mean that's something we we commonly overlook. Yep. 
I know on every build I've ever done, we ran stock brakes. I didn't care what horsepower you The one at. thing that's funny to me, you know, is we dive into an, an injector, okay, Go, getting into yeah. the injector piece. Yeah. Uh, me being around Cummins all the time, you know, you look at a 12-valve injector, you look at a 24-valve injector, you look at a 24-valve injector, and then you look at a common rail injector. The injectors essentially look the same, just sure. they have electronic controls and a couple, you know, 8-millimeter so bolts on top. you just put some wires on yeah. it. Yeah. And I, that's a good segue to get into the how a solenoid a piezo injector base works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So let's do it, man. So high-pressure fuel enters the the injector body. body yep. uh, pressure then equalizes throughout the internals of the injector. So inside the injector, there's little holes that run through it. There's yep. little channels, if you will. Um, well, when fuel first opens to, to actually go into that injector, the first thing it has to do is equalize that pressure. It has to get all that air out and get the same pressure all the way through the injector. Okay. Um, then the solenoid uh, on top of the injector is energized, uh, controlled by PCM or ECM, mm -hmm. uh, which pulls the control pun plunger upwards. So there's a plunger that seats on the injector that uh, there's like a chamber that would go to the nozzle, yep. and that opens and allows that pressurized equalized fuel to go into the nozzle, essentially. That's right. Now, for, for LML guys, we, we do know that you guys had piezo injectors. Uh, a piezoelectric crystal or piezo injector works a little bit different uh, in that a piezo crystal grows with an electric potential when electrical potential is applied to it. So when, when it's given current, I'll say, which I know is like yeah. technically wrong, um, this then pushes a valve open to start the same chain of events as below as below uh, as it would in a solenoid injector. Okay. So as we go forward, everything else will be the same. It's just a little bit different how it works. So the how piezo, it's powered and how Well, the piezo crystal kind of replaces that plunger, okay. if you will. Okay, right? okay. So from, as far as I understand it. Okay. So then the controller plunger uh, releases a small amount of fuel into the return line. Uh, this creates the pressure dif uh, differential, which allows the pintle to uh, off its, be off its seat, essentially. Exactly. Which then enters into the, the yeah. nozzle itself. Yeah, so so when I first thought of injectors, I thought it was as simple as when the plunger lifted fuel shot through the end. Yep. It's, an, it's not. There's it's not a few more yep. parts. There's a, f a few more parts. Uh, so the pintle sits all the way down at the bottom, and that's what actually closes the nozzle of the injector. So if you will, that's the opening and closing of that nozzle. So as the return line opens, that then allows that pressure to come up so the pintle will raise up as the return line is used um, and then you're going to get fuel to spray down and th this reminds me of a question I heard a really a guy who was really new to diesel that asked like well why do we need return lines yep. and like well the way injectors work is they're always returning a certain amount of fuel um, which I just think I a lot of guys that are new to diesel the way you would just logically is like if a six-year-old were to explain yep. it they'd be like well, the CP3 sends it to the common rail, and the common rail sends it to the injector, and the injector goes in. But that, that return system is also very important. Well, you have to think about it. If you're running, you know, let's say a newer LML Duramax, yeah. you know, 29,000 PSI of pressure, that injector shuts. Stock. Where does the pressure go? Right. You know, so there is <laughs> right. always going to be a way for the pressure to be relieved. Um, another thing, that you know, ca a caveat to that is, you know, the Pintle, when you see these trucks or, you know, you hear of these 200,000, 300,000 mile trucks that are hazing, you know, it's that Pintle that is starting to wear. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter because the truck's still going to be powered by that pintle opening or closing, but you get that bleed off. Yeah. And then that gets into the cylinder, and then that's where you get that unburnt, that, that haze itself. Well, also, I think this is a good time to talk about LB7 injectors yep. and why LB7 uh, VCO injectors have problems mm -hmm. and, and why we see 
them not have the same type of lifespan that we do from the rest of the Duramax yep. lineup. Uh, and that's if you got an 01 to 04 VCO injector. Um, they had some problems with the ball seat being really heavy, yep. if I remember correctly. Uh, and so that, that heavy ball seat slams yep. and it causes extra force. And then we see damage there and that's where they yep. start leaking and they start having And there's been other, other you know, technology over the years. You know, Exergy has some updated uh, bodies and that that mechanism right yeah. to, to better suit uh, LB7's owner's needs. Um, other companies have done other things and re engineered a, uh, a sack style nozzle for those sure i mean i've seen really good uh long-term reliability i mean i had an lb7 with extra g's injectors in them i mean i that i sold the truck years ago the truck is like one hundred fifty thousand on the injectors and they're still running well right so a lot of it has to do in my opinion uh consistency of quality fuel fuel filter water separator replacements lift pump things like that but it all comes together as one absolutely man so. absolutely um okay so so i'll just i'll, I'll do us a quick yeah. favor i'll run us through the next three steps here that that they kind of go through uh which is the injector current is turned off the ball of the control plunger reseats and pressure above the needle increases and pushes the nozzle needle closed. Think of so, how much that process is. <laughs> well, every cylinder, every firing order, just the whole nine yard. Think of how much work this this injector does. Well, that was one of the other pieces here. So this and the reason that solenoid and piezo based injectors, and again common rail injectors, one of the reasons that they work so well, uh, especially for emissions, is that they are able to fire multiple times during a single combustion event. Yep. So by the time your your actual cylinder goes all the way up and all the way down, your injector is going to fire multiple times. Um, I, I know in the Cummins world, we used to get requests all the time to turn pilot off. Pilot and, off. Yep, yep, yep. Um, guys didn't want that pilot injection because it smooths out the engine, to be honest with you. So you, you get a small pilot injection that helps it compress because you're pushing more fuel in there, which is pushing the air, which makes it move a little bit quicker. Uh, so that pilot injection really kind of starts the whole yep. combustion cycle uh, much easier and much smoother. And, and at, at the time, guys were asking very often for us to turn the pilot off because they wanted it to clatter. Yep. They wanted more noise out of it. Uh, so so a noise reduction strategy Cummins owners, man. Is, is, I never got it from a Duramax guy. <laughs> I never had a Duramax guy ask me to make his shit more clattery. Um, but 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 again, these injectors they work so fast. This this event happens so quickly uh, that they're able to do it multiple times within a single combustion yeah. cycle. So just think when you talk about RPM, engine rotation speed, that's that's moving obviously much slower than what each cylinder is moving. Yep. Right? Each cylinder is moving. I, I would imagine you know yeah. a, it's 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 a, it's a different rate altogether. Yeah. So so you are you're getting something where this is lightning fast. So, you know, we, we kind of gone over a little bit of this in the beginning of the episode, but, uh, you know, trucks that use uh, common rail injection or more importantly, a solenoid based injector uh, would be your 01 to 10 Duramax and then your 17 plus. So what's weird with the Duramax is they went 01 to 10 with a solenoid injector. Yeah. Then they went to the piezo from 11 to 16. Then the L5P comes out. They're like, you know what? We're going to go back to a solenoid based injector. Well, well, they switched suppliers for the first time in a Duramax right. on the fuel system. So they went from Bosch, which they've always had, uh, and then they went to a Denso. Yep. And and I think that was a part of that move going to that Denso controller, going to that Denso fuel system, that Denso ECM. Mm -hmm. That really rewrote the book. Yep. Uh, and the L5P we know is dramatically different. I know it's still a 6.6 .6 liter yep. and it still says Duramax on the side. But everything else is different, man. Nothing like an LB7 when they first came out. No. You, you know, which, so like, it's something to remember when you're shopping for trucks. No. It's clearly, I mean, the our Duramax, guys know they're all very different. Yeah, the Duramax engine, I, I'd say back in 01, it paved the way. 
you know, for the other uh, competitors in the space to uh, catch up to. Um, and I would say the L5P again, man, I mean, knowing what we know now about the L5P and its lift pump capabilities, its injection pump capabilities, its injector capabilities, and everything as a whole, I mean, it, it's a different platform than any prior Duramax. Yeah, so. absolutely. And and the Piezo, one thing I thought that was interesting is, is Bosch is the one that introduced them to the market. Yep. Um and because the crystal can move so quickly as current is applied to it, or as, yeah, whatever, as current is applied to it, they say it can move up to five times faster than a standard injector solenoid, um, and the motion is frictionless. Yep. So so anytime we can remove friction, they're going to increase, increase efficiency. Yep. Longevity and right? things like that. So so it's, it's interesting, like you said, that we went to it. We were there for the longest running RPO. Mm-hmm. Um from any any Duramax, yeah. uh, and then we we move back to it. So these these new solenoids from Denso are supposed to be phenomenal. I, I read a little bit about them. They are supposed to be a next level solenoid and move extremely yeah. quicker. Well, over the next couple of years, quick. you know, we'll start to see that. Yeah. Um, and then the Cummins, you know, 2003 to present, you know, they've ran a solenoid injector, common rail injection, and then the Power Strokes. They introduced that with the 6.4 uh, back yeah. in 08. So, and yep. that's 08 to, to current with the 6.7s. So. Absolutely. Um, so, so we we hit on this again just just lightly before is is atomization, emissions, MPG. These are some of the reasons that they've gone to common rail one of the other things i think is is durability and power output which which i I hit on early in the episode here um we watched ford go through a lot of struggles trying to stay with with their old system yeah the huey injection and things like that and it it just i think over time it just proved that that this is the new standard i think you know technology as a whole you know there's a lot of late adopters early adopters you know people see the value don't see the value yeah you know we're gonna have a lot of listeners like listen we know there's a lot of listeners that are you know more mechanical injection based i was very pro mechanical injection prior to starting here uh, because of the ease right sure but now we look at things and yeah there's a cost difference you know there's there's a lot of variables but it is much easier to make the power on a common rail than it is a mechanical injected vehicle right hands down right like right no, no, no comparison well just and i always just think out of the box mm-hmm. if you were going to go buy two trucks yep. and talk about what did my yeah what times? did my dollar per horsepower buy me yep. um you, you know it's it's really hard to get away from that yeah, common rail. absolutely so um all right there have been some changes over the years so so i i touched on a little bit earlier with the lb7 the ball seats um injectors inside of the head i know we've talked about that in the past mm-hmm. it's the only uh rpo or only stretch of of duramax is where the injectors are actually inside right. the head making the job to replace them ridiculous um what do you mean it's fun (laughs) um the nozzle needles are now dlc coated so it's a different coating that's Mm going to make them stronger and last longer so the the new ones you're getting are more reliable than the ones that went into the factory yeah then uh you know loi they introduced the injector being outside of the valve cover yep which makes every other injector job moving forward a little easier yep um and one of the issues that they had with those were the two and seven injector harness yeah man so, yeah just just first year jitters i would call yep. it uh they only ran that for a year and a half yep, yep. uh and most of them honestly fick them yeah on those so they adopted that from the lb7 yep yep so. and and honestly by this time most of the ones i've seen have already been replaced oh, a lot of these guys got caught under warranty yep, yep, yep. where the problem was happening so quickly so if you have a one hundred and fifty thousand mile and you don't know if it's been done it's probably been done um now cummins has seen some changes over the years as well chris so i i know the spray pattern is changing this is something i think you have a little bit better handle on 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, for the Cummins 03, so the early 5.9s, they ran a seven-hole with a 143-degree spray angle or what spray is pattern. What, can, you, can you try to describe that for the listeners a little so bit? So, basically, you have the, the hole in, in the nozzle, and those holes are uh, set at a specific angle in the nozzle itself, and it's going to disperse fuel or spray fuel into the cylinder. So that spray angle is where, at top dead center or wherever that piston lies, where that fuel is going to spray. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Um, what was really odd to me is, so they go to the late 5.9 now, granite emission standards. Yep. Okay. Um, they go to a five hole with a 128 degree pattern. And the idea there was to help for a cleaner atomization in the cylinder. Gotcha. So the more we can break up that liquid into a, a mist, mm-hmm. uh, which is what atomization is, just it's going to, again, we're going to get a more efficient burn, right? Um What's really common in the aftermarket, guys will, you know, the big fad years ago was, oh, I want the late 5.9 motor piston, but I want the early spray pattern. And there was all these myths and ideas that the truck could make more power, run cleaner. You know, honestly, we've seen trucks come in both ways. They realistically make similar power. There might be other tuners out there, other gurus that say, hey, you know what, this is the route we like to go. That's awesome. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying if you have a 100 over from an early 5.9 versus a late 5.9 and a late 5.9 motor, they're going to make similar power, and that's that. Yeah. So that, that's just my opinion. It is what it is. Again, I've seen it both ways. I, I don't mind calling it out. I think it yeah. is a, a reluctancy to change. And I think, you know, I've had the my I've had customers, I've had dealers call in having issues with a truck, and, uh, you know, they, long story short, when it comes down to it, uh, they had late injectors uh, or late injectors in an early motor. Can't do that. They're going to be very smoky because you're not getting the spray angle in the piston, yeah. um, or tuners not being able to calibrate accordingly with like a new injector and an or a, an old injector and a new style five nine motor. So be careful with that. You know, I think where you're going to see the biggest uh, hang up is going to be your 04 crowd. Um, if it's a high output, you have a late five nine, or if you have a standard output, that's an early five nine. So that 04 break period, you know, those guys are going to have to be a little bit more cautious. Yeah. Um, and then what's really uh, odd to me, or what's a little surprising, is you know the five nine. They do this uh, spray pattern or spray angle change. Um, granted, there wasn't an emissions tier that they needed to fulfill, which is why they did that. Uh, but then in the 6-7 world, they've all been an 8-hole, 146-degree spray angle. Yeah. So from 07.5 to current, I'm, the nozzles has changed. There's been very slight change in that. Right. But the spray angle and the hole design hasn't. Well, what's odd to me, so you went 7-hole, 143. Mm-hmm. Then you, you, you drop the holes and you change the angle a little bit to be a little bit less abrupt. So yep. I'd imagine in my head that's about balancing that pressure coming through that nozzle. But you also have to keep right? in mind that when they went to the 8-hole 146, they up pressure. Right, right. So you, you up the pressure and then you go back to, to very similar to your early 5.9s. So it, it is just interesting what this, kind of some of these balances are, right? Because well, we're also dealing with a larger displacement motor. Larger we're, we're dealing with, you know, different boosts. We're dealing with different, different, boot, different, different everything. Different technology, yeah. you know, and uh, injector control and things like that. You know, there's there's not as much control in an early 5.9 as a late 5.9. And right. there's not as much control as a 6.7 is concerned. Um, you, know, you know, so you, 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 you kind of have that going into the mix. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the like I said, going back to the pressure, you know, injection pressure on a five nine is about twenty three thousand. Um, they up the ante to twenty six and change on a six seven. I mean, three thousand psi of pressure, four thousand psi of pressure. That's a lot of pressure difference. Sure. You know, look at a Duramax. You know, LB sevens twenty three twenty four, uh, LBZs uh, twenty six. Yeah. And then LMLs are twenty nine thousand. Yeah. Out of the gate. Stock. So yeah. it's just crazy to see you know how that that has evolved over the years. 
So Absolutely. Why don't you start off with the Power Stroke stuff? Uh, uh, yeah, no, let's do it. So we know... Well, we're experts in right we now. We know our way. most passionate fans drive 6.4s. Everybody knows this. Um, so... Uh, Really, we're not we're not six four experts. We're not going to pretend to be. So all I can say on the six four uh, on six four injectors is there's a lot of performance injectors that are available from a number of sources, and I say that with a shrug on my shoulders because I know that it's true. Um, if somebody was going to ask me about a six four, I'd refer him over to to a guy like J D. Cleason, yep, yep. Um, who who is an expert on that field. Well, I mean, they're also like an oddball because they have a different style injection pump, the injector style. Like, there's a lot of differences, but yeah. again, the six four was the introduction of the high pressure common rail injection off of a long span of Huey injection. Right. So, you know, that was, they made their, they made their On mark. paper, I love the 6.4. Yeah, no, they're the, yeah. one of the most advanced motors of its time. Compounded turbocharger, uh, common rail injection out of the factory. Like, great trans. Great trans. Uh, interior, nasty. Exterior, Phenomenal. nasty. Phenomenal. Like, beautiful, beautiful Holy, truck. Wholeheartedly agree. I'm not going to say my opinion. Right. They're, they're good trucks, man. I, I understand but then it paved. I the don't way. agree, but I understand. But then All it right. paved the way. It did pave the way for now. Six seven, um, and I'm not trying to start like a Ford Duramax thing here, but a six seven engine is really similar to a Duramax. fuel system wise, turbocharger wise. There are a lot of similarities there. Yeah, ECM yeah. control. That's hard and to hard to get away from that, right? Yep. They're they're buying from the same sources, guys. So uh, like the LML. Yep. Okay. Uh, a six seven has a CP4, and a similar injector. Yep. So, hit it. That that I, I mean, you pretty much wrapped it up. I mean, really, uh, performance CP four point twos. You can get them from XRG. They're good at like nine hundred horse on on a six seven, which is insane to me. The product lineup uh, from XRG is like the same from twenty percent over to three hundred percent over yeah. between a Power Stroke and a Duramax. So like, when we say that engine is really similar to a Duramax, I mean it's like really similar yeah. to a Duramax from a fuel system standpoint. Um, man, Chris. I have been waiting to do this episode because we we actually I, I I scrambled and I tried to research this I think a week or two weeks, two weeks ago, ago. Yep. two weeks ago for the holiday. So I spent like a whole day reading all of this stuff about injectors and all this stuff that I, I had no idea of. Guys, I can't say or stress enough. Go check out the resources, yeah. man. If, if if any of this is something that tickles your fancy, uh, definitely fire up the old Google machine and, and look it up. It there really is super interesting, much more in depth information out there. Yeah, no. And of course, if you have questions, you know, you can go on our Facebook group, uh, ask away. If you want to email myself or Paul, we would be glad to help. Yeah. If you guys have other uh, like requests for episodes, <coughs> please not a six six nine or a seven three IDI, just anything but that, please, please. <laughs> so if you guys have recommendations, you know, feel free to shoot them over. You know, we would yes. definitely be very receptive and. Uh, doing some research and becoming more knowledgeable on a topic that you guys want to listen to. That's so, right. you know, please just reach out and let us know. Um, Join our Facebook group if you yeah. haven't already, guys. What's it got, called now? It is, it's Paul Loves the Power Stoke. Power Stoke. The 6L Power Stoke. Okay, so we're, we're probably, Something like probably going to rename that soon. <laughs> we, we So I didn't I didn't realize when I named it that you can't rename it for like 28 days or 30 days <laughs> or whatever. Kidding. No, for real. That Had sucks. no idea. Wow. Um, so we're locked into that, I think, until December 11th. We're not counting, though. Uh, I, I've posted on the group, to be clear, any confusion here. We've never changed the name of our podcast. It yeah. has always been Diesel Performance Podcast. It always will be. Um, the the thing we have and will continue to change is the name of the group. Um, just 
just for fun. Yeah. Uh, it's really for our listeners. We figure you guys know it. You know how to find it. Go to our Facebook page, Diesel Performance Podcast uh, Facebook page, and find the only group that's right. linked to it. it. It'll be real easy to find. Uh, but yeah, we'll continue to change that name. Right now, we're floating around the name Diesel Talk. What do I you think, think for the group? A good one. I think that's a good one. You yeah. know. And- you know, I think that uh, cross references and adopts the Diesel Performance podcast a lot better. Yeah. Not Paul loves the six, the six stroke or whatever the f- fuck it is. Right. Yeah. Uh, just guys, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love giving Paul shit. I mean, everyone that listens to us, we all know that I am. The, well, I'm, I'm well known. I'm well known the throughout the universe yeah. for being a huge six liter fan and for being awesome at spell checking. Um, it turns out, bet. <laughs> turns out I really proved it this time. Oh, For, so the stroke wasn't an intentional typo. Just, just admit it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so like okay. I said, um, once I, I realized you can't change the name like three minutes after I posted it yeah. and I looked at it and was like, oh shit. I mean, that's not even the most embarrassing thing that probably one of us have done today. No, so, not even close. I mean, it is what it is. Yep. I mean, how much ammo do you have on me for embarrassing shit on air in all the prior episodes over the last few years? I don't even have to bring it up. It's no, all recorded no, and published. It's out there in the in the, the podcast verse. In the web space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's on the line. Cool. All right, man. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like we said, hit us up. Let us know if we can help you with anything. For today, this has been Paul. And Chris. Have a great day. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs>